This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Nowadays, sometimes you can look at the world and think, we've gone crazy. Things seem out of control. But remember, God is always in control. Are you looking for something fresh, new, and exciting? This is the Outreach.fm podcast. Taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world. Proclaiming he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world. Are you ready? Let's get into it. This is Outreach.fm. And now, here's Pastor William Luffman. you have your Bible, turn to the book of Hosea, please. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah. So if that'll help you find it, those are all Old Testament in case you didn't know. Amen. We're talking about the authority of the believer. I had someone uh, come by my house today, someone that, that's watching online tonight probably. I won't mention their name. And I had a, something at my house I needed to get done. And so they came by this morning to help me get it done. And, and they said, you know, uh, I've been learning a lot through this series. I said, that's awesome. And they said, you know, I believe that God's people don't even halfway know what we have. And I said, you don't. We don't. But we're learning, aren't we? Amen? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I wanted to start with a verse that we've read before. I promise we'll get into some new things, but you've got to bear with me because we're building, we're building something here. Amen? Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Uh, I'm going to read from the King James Version. What are the first two words you see there? Shout it out. My people. So we, we want to make sure that we remind you that the prophet is saying, God is saying, my people, not the world, not people without God. I mean, they, are, they certainly are. But here's something that's almost, it's a travesty. God's saying, this shouldn't be happening. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I'll reject you, and so on and so forth. So we're finding out here how critical it is to know what God says. Amen? I didn't know this. I was, I was a young believer, and I got born again in 1976. My, my Christian birthday is coming up. It is June the 27th. I'll be 44 years old. I look pretty good for 44. And the first two years, as you've heard me say on numerous occasions, I was a Christian. I was spirit-filled. I was already called to preach. I was already helping my pastor do everything. Man, I'm telling you, every time they opened the church doors, I was there. It didn't matter if they were cleaning, if they were painting, if they were praying. I mean, if I heard, I got upset one time. I heard they they went by there for a minute to pick up something. I said, why didn't you call me? Man, when that, when that church door went, man, I felt like I was supposed to be there. And so I was at the church all the time. I read my Bible all the time. I helped my pastor. I loved my church. I did all of that. But for the first two years of my Christian life, I was still pretty defeated because I still didn't know what belonged to me. Amen? Now, go with me to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. I want to build a little bit of this into your spirit tonight. This is important. You know what's going to happen by the time we get done with this series? 
You are not going to let the devil beat you up anymore. You are not. Say, I'm never going to lose to him again. Now, do you believe that? John 8 and verse 32. And you will know, you will do what? Oh, so we're talking about knowledge here. You will know the truth. You'll get knowledge. You'll gain some knowledge. You'll get some truth. And what's going to happen? And the truth is going to make you free. Once you learn who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus, you're going to get free. It's an amazing thing. Now, the word in the Hebrew for knowledge, I want to give you a couple of things. It's kind of cool. It's knowledge. It's in kind of an apostrophe, A-L-I-J. And it literally means know-how. So in the Old Testament, it says, my people, my people are destroyed for a lack of know-how. They don't know how to deal with the devil. They don't know how to deal with the things of life. They don't know how to overcome setbacks. Amen. And another name, uh, for, and this is now in the Hebrew. We, we go back to talk about the Hebrew for a minute. The word there in the Hebrew means schooling. My people are destroyed for a lack of schooling. We've been schooled on how big the devil is, how bad the devil is. And, you know, sickness and disease, it'll kill you. Viruses will kill you. Amen. We've been schooled on it. And by the way, we're getting schooled every day. That's why if you stay on, if you stay on the news, you're getting schooled. Amen. But if you get the knowledge that God wants you to have, you get schooled on something else. God is trying to get this information into us and let it become revelation so that we never again are beaten by the devil. The score, listen, he defeated him. Now, if somebody's defeated, they're defeated. Amen. Now, the word knowledge in the Greek, now we would move it over into the New Testament, is ganoso, G-N-S-O-I, or G-N-S-O, G-N-O-S-O. And the word ganoso literally means awareness. Now, I like this. We have been destroyed because we weren't aware of what really belonged to us. We weren't aware of what we we're entitled to. We weren't aware that we've been, it didn't say we were, it said you are the head and not the tail. He didn't say anything about you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Amen. You are blessed in the city and blessed in the field and blessed in the country. Blessed when you come in and blessed when you, it didn't say you, it said you are. Can you shout amen? amen? But most Christians don't know, they don't have the knowledge, the schooling, the awareness, the know-how of what belongs to them. And I can tell you this about the devil. He loves that because he will take advantage of it every single time. Can you say amen? amen. We got married in 1982. We didn't have anything. I had a color TV, which she didn't have. I had a dryer, which she didn't have. That's the dryer they used to try to come and repossess, but I wouldn't let them in the house to get it. 
I had to make $15 a month. I had to make payments on that dryer. I didn't have any money. And I'd, I'd see them back. They'd take the truck and back it up to my front door and go, I'd tell my little girl, shh, and I'd put my hand over her mouth. Now, I'm not proud of that, but I'm just telling you that's the way it was. That's how, but, but again, I, I, I was learning, but I didn't even have, I didn't know the knowledge I have now. I didn't know that God could take care of me. We got married. We didn't have much of anything. She had a nice living room suit. We put it all together and we had not much. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But by the time we got married, I had been walking in this a little while. I've been teaching it to her while we were dating. I was teaching her what I'm telling you tonight. Forty years ago almost, I would sit down and we'd just listen to tapes and I'd talk to her about it. She had a good, she had a great Christian background. She had a spirit-filled background, but like me, she didn't know what I'm teaching you. And we made a covenant with God Almighty. We typed out a covenant. And we took it from the Bible. We, we typed it out that our children would worship and serve God, that we would be blessed as a family, that sickness and disease would be far from us. And we typed it out. I still have it at home. I mean, the paper's yellowed. We used typing paper in 1982 on a typewriter, and the paper is yellowed, and we, we typed it out. And at the end of it, we said, in Jesus' name, and then we did something that most Christians didn't know you could do. We signed his name to it. Because we've been given power of attorney. Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name. He said, in that day, don't ask the Father of anything unless you ask in my name. We have the power of it. See, I didn't, what do you mean? The church I was in, they didn't say anything about us having power of attorney. Now, they were professional shouters. They were professional dancers. I'm glad I got saved in a spirit-filled church. I mean, there wasn't a service that ever went by. That there wasn't a lot of stuff going on. And it felt good, and it was exciting, and it was exhilarating, and it was great, and then we went home and we were poor again. Because they didn't, and it's not their fault, but they didn't know, they didn't have knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't have know-how. They don't have awareness. They don't have the schooling. But we're learning. We're learning. Amen. The thing I love about the Word of God, the Word of God works for a black person, a white person, a brown person, a pink person, a poor person. Amen. A divorced person. The Word of God is so wonderful because you qualify for the Word if you're a born-again believer. How do I qualify for all these benefits? Just get born again and then start learning then start learning. Amen. Now, go with me to Luke 19. I told you we'll cut, catch a couple of, you know, new scriptures. Somebody said, man, Pastor William, this is like eight sessions on this. How many more you figure we'll do? I don't know. Many as we want to, I guess. I, I tell you what, I'm enjoying it. I preached this 35 years ago and I'm loving it. I'm, I'm getting blessed. While I, I'm learning while I'm preaching. I don't ever want to stop learning. The moment you stop learning, you stop. That's just it. You stop. It's, it's amazing because, you know, the book of Proverbs says, and it, you have to get it out of the Living Bible, it says, do not answer before someone finishes talking. 
You ever been around somebody who said, you know the Bible? Yeah, I know. You know, God says you can be healed. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. It's like, well, all right then. I guess we don't have anything to talk about. Amen. I, I have been doing this a long, long time, and I have learned that I don't know much. Amen. And I don't ever want to get to the point where I think I know it all. Amen. Amen. So here we are in Luke 19. Now, this, we won't read the whole story here because I just want to get a couple of verses in you. This is the story. Uh, let's read in verse 12. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Say, and to return. Hmm. So this could be a parallel with the Lord. Amen. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Now, when we see the word occupy, it almost seems like, well, you know, just don't lose any ground. Just kind of, you know, just occupy. Just, you know, just, you know, just occupy. But this word here means a whole lot more than just maintaining the spot. Are you hearing me? How do we know it? Well, but his citizens hated him. Sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded his servants to be called to him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained. So part of occupying is actually increasing. You're not really occupying if you're not increasing. Are you hearing me? Now, a lot of Christians have been serving God for 30 years, but they're right where they were 30 years ago. There's been no progress. They haven't really gained. Are you listening to me? Do you see this? Then came the first saying, Lord, your pounds gained 10 pounds. He said unto him, well, well, thou good servant, because you have been faithful and a very little. Notice what he says in the King James Version. I don't know what version you're looking at, but I intentionally wanted to stick with the King James on this one. He said, you've been faithful or very little. Have you authority? Over 10 cities. Now we could go on and read the parallels. One of them didn't do anything, and of course, he didn't, you know, he didn't occupy. Occupy is not maintaining the space you're in when it comes to the kingdom of God. It means something entirely different. It means to gain, it means to enlarge, it means to spread out, it means to multiply. Are you hearing me? One of our members. Uh, I don't think he's here tonight. He probably had to work. But one of our members posted something online today that just, man, it was so fabulous. And he posted it about tithing. And I read it and I was like, wow. He, he talked about tithing and he said, you know, when, at another time before I, I, I didn't do this, I was paycheck to paycheck, even though I had benefits and I, had, I was in the military, I had all this stuff going on and we were just barely getting by. But when I started tithing, Suddenly, everything broke open. And he started a business. And now he's already got a second location. He's occupied. Everybody say occupied. See, you hear what I'm saying here? So I wanted to get this, I wanted to get this, this thought in your heart here about the more knowledge you have of what God says you can have and who you are, God will increase you you will increase. Your, your occupying space will get bigger. You know, it, you could see it in that sense that you're, you know, we used to occupy this. We used to occupy 753 Monroe Street. Now that's where our first house was. 
And I'm shocked that it's still standing today. And if you go by, it's not standing by much. It was a little rental house that we had. We didn't have any money, man. $200 a month was the rent, and we were, we were believing God to get that $200 in. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The year before she met me, are you ready for this? I still have the tax return. I made for the year $4,800. For the year! Now, if you're not much of a mathematician, you can figure that out real fast. That, that ain't much. <laughs> so when I met her, you know, yeah, but, but it's amazing how when we begin to work the word of God and realize we had authority, begin to walk in what God said we had, in about 15 months, we moved to Gracie Avenue. Now, it was a rental house, but it had two bathrooms, which was amazing because we had... We know, we had six butts in the house, man, by that time, you know, because I had a mother-in-law and a brother-in-law living with me. And uh, so we moved over there, and it was $325 a month. But I remember that wasn't very hard to make. But that $200 was rough, man. But that $325, that wasn't bad. And we were there for about 15 more months, and we moved into our first little house that we bought. Now it's $525 a month. Now, if, uh, let me tell you something. But I want, what I want you to see is we were beginning to occupy. This church started on Paradise Hill Road in a paint and body shop. Now the roots of the church, not this church, but how it originated the, back before then, we started in, in a little clubhouse off Swift Drive in the middle of a neighborhood. They've already bulldozed that thing. It's long gone. If you go down the bypass now, you'll notice they got it right before you come down the bottom of the hill where Gary Matthews is. You can see where they're doing all this stuff out over here. That, uh, that, well, that used to be our church down in there. So it was in the middle of the woods. And we called it the squirrel house because squirrels invaded it and, and ate through the ceiling and came in and tried to attack me one day. I jumped up. I wasn't operating in much faith, man. I jumped up on a table like that because that squirrel was going. I was like, good God in heaven. We moved out of that. We moved into the paint and body shops when we started this church. We occupied a little space on Paradise Hill Road. But because we had the word in us by then and we were getting, beginning to operate in it, we moved downtown. And that space downtown was a little bigger. That building was three stories high. We had our own parking lot, sort of. Praise God. And we noticed the more we walked in the authority that God gave us as a church, as a body of believers, all of a sudden, we found some real estate at 731 Windermere Drive. Are you hearing me? And we built this building right here, the first building. We built it. Praise God. Say, we built it. And that we means you. I'm not talking about... Now I'm talking about it. It was a bunch of... And we began to occupy some bigger space. And in 2006 and 7, we built a gymnasium over there. We began to occupy that. Back in about 2013, no, it was 2013, I think it was 13, we bought a space out at Exit 1. Got 10 acres out there in a building. And we're occupying that. We're online now and people are watching around the world. Occupy. The more you know who you are in Christ Jesus, the more space and more opportunities you're going to have and you're going to begin to occupy. Amen. 
Everybody say occupy. occupy. Woo! And you don't have to be 20 and you don't have to be 30 and you can be 95 and it won't matter. You can occupy till you're done. Praise God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen. Now, let's talk for a minute. I want to go back for a minute, but not for long, because I, I really want to get that thought in you and, and, and let you see how when you hear the word of God and you receive it, now you can't just hear it with your mind. You can't just agree with it. It has to be put down on the inside of you, and you're going to have to do this quite a bit because we got a lot of garbage in there. That was passed down by other people over our lifetime. Was passed down by, and even people that loved us but didn't know any better. My mama, you know, bless her heart. She was raised really, 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 really poor. And we were, we were professional poor people. I was taught how to be poor when I was a little boy. And, and we were really good at it. it, was, it we were generational poor people. And my mom, she didn't know how to, you know, so when you're a kid growing up in that, you're, you, you just don't, you, you don't, you, you, you don't dare to dream too much because who am I to think I could break out when we're always here? We always right here. But when we got in, when I became older and I became a Christian, we got into the word. I not only heard the word, I decided that's me. It's talking about. Now I quit hearing that the word was for brother Copeland or some big name preacher. I heard it was for me. I heard this thing is for me. Now I'm going to say something that's going to shock some of you. But it's a good thing. All of us in here, everybody in here and everyone watching online tonight has enough authority to occupy massive amounts of space in this planet. It is not just for the preacher. It is not just for this one or that one. And it's not just for one color. That's what I love about the Bible. It'll work for everybody. No, even if they get some things right in our nation, which they should, and, and they do some things which they should, let me tell you something. They still, they can't take you where God can take you. Amen. George Washington Carver is one of my all-time favorite. I remember getting the little biographies. I used to read these little biographies in the, that were in the library when I was a little kid. I'm a reader. I've always been a reader. And I think it is critical to be a reader. And, and, and I've always been a reader. And so I'd go into the library and I'd check out, well, you were only supposed to get like two or three books, but the librarian would always say, okay, William, you can have six. And I'd walk out of there with a stack of books and I'd go home and in three or four days I'd have them all read. And I loved reading biographies and George Washington Carver. Now, it was a great thing when I read about George Washington Carver, son of a slave owner and everything that he did and all that and how he, you know, he had the, I mean, he revolutionized everything. Soybeans and there's just a million other things. We always think soybean first, but there's so many other things. But what they didn't really put in that book, you find out later on, is the first thing he did every morning is he took a walk in the woods and talked to God. And God said, son, I'm going to put some thoughts in your head that you can't get anywhere else. And you're going to occupy. You're going to wind up having some authority in this world. Are, are you hearing me? And so you got to understand that you got to quit. We, we got so much junk in us that have been put there by so many different things in our life. We've got to, we've got to start thinking differently. 
What are, we are a child of God. We are blood bought. Jesus died for you and Jesus died for me. Can you shout amen? amen. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. I, wasn't, I, I skipped it, but I think I need to go back and read it because my time's flying tonight and we're still on paragraph one, paragraph one of page five of five pages. So in other words, we're going to come back and we're going to revisit this. Is that all right? I love preaching out of the book of Genesis. I was hoping to get back in there tonight, but we'll get back in there eventually. I want to, I want to take you back to Ephesians. We read a little bit of this earlier, but I, I want to take you back there to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read from the King James Version. Verse 3, Paul is, uh, he has written this letter to the church. So this is to church people. Say it's to me. <laughs> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has, everybody say has. has. Now they got an old English word there, have, but has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. In other words, people that would respond to him. It does not mean that people are predestined to the point that some people are going to be saved and some aren't. Some people have taken that wrongly. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holding without blame before him in love, having predestined unto us the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted. Say, I'm accepted. So we're finding out a few things here. We're blessed. Jesus is our Lord. He's given us spiritual blessings. Amen. We are his children, according to verse 5. We find out here that uh, we've been accepted, we are considered in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Now look at verse 9. Having made known, everybody say known. There's that knowledge word again, unto us the mystery of his will. Okay, so here's where, here's where we really, the biggest problem is, is most of God's people still don't know what, they always say, well, I wish I knew what God's will is. And it always makes me get like crazy when somebody says, I don't know what God's will is. I always keep going, here, 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 here. Yeah, but it doesn't tell me about who I'm supposed to marry. A husband's in there. A wife is in there. Business success is in there. The will is in here. You get into this and you'll be led by the Spirit and you'll know who to associate with, who to disassociate with. Some of you on social media need to disassociate with a few people. Amen. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together and one all things in Christ, which are in heaven and which are on earth even in Him. In whom also we have obtained, and we have obtained, we have obtained. Now, is the word have future or past? See, let me say it again. It's not a trick question. If I have something, does it mean that, I, that it's something in the future, or does it mean I, it's already happened? I have it. All right. In whom we also have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. God is trying, believe it or not, God is trying 
to get us into his will. And his will has our inheritance in it. And he wants us to have our inheritance. You say, but listen, the way you get an inheritance is when someone dies, they leave you something. Well, Jesus has already died. We are the ones, we are the heirs. And it's not just for heaven. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest or down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of his glory. There's 10 different messages in those verses, but I won't go to any of them because I got to get you somewhere because I got to close in a minute. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love unto all the saints, Paul said, I cease not to make mention, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Paul said, what I'm praying is you're going to get the knowledge. You're going, to feel, you're going to figure out who you are. You're going to discover what your position... We have a position in Christ as Christians. We are in a particular position in Christ. Now, look at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know... Everyone say no. no. There's that word again. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power, that's one of those authority words there, to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So he's telling us here that he wants us to know, notice he's using some some adjectives here. These are huge words. Exceeding greatness of his power. Exceeding. Now, here's what the Lord told me one time. He said, I want you to think about the biggest thing I could possibly do in your life. And I thought of something. And then he said, I'll exceed that. He said, I'm an exceeding God. Isn't that what he said later on in Ephesians? Who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or even think, according to the power that works in us, or the authority? According to the authority? According to the authority? According to how much we know about our authority? Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ. Now, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Now, has that already happened? Okay. So he's already Christ. So all of this, all of this was released when Jesus was raised from the dead, right? And he has set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. How many of you know that Jesus tonight is seated beside the Father in heaven? That's a clear, that's clear. We now most Christians believe that. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. We're here. Whoo, oh God, what are we going to do till Jesus comes back? Well, we're supposed to occupy. And occupy means, amen. Verse 21, he seated him in heavenly places, 
far above all principality and power or authority and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world. Oh, oh, so then again, we understand the name of Jesus trumps any name in this world. It trumps any name in this world. It, it, it is above every name in this world. There's no, I, you can name the most powerful or the most gifted or the most talented. Oh, they sold 100 million records. Oh, they've made $50 million uh, making, it doesn't matter. His name is above all names and in the world to come. But verse 22 is such a small verse and it is gigantic if you get the revelation of it. And he has, everyone say has. Yes. Is that past tense? Yes. He has put. So something, what is he, all of this authority, all of this dominion, all of these things that he has accomplished for us, he has put all things under his feet. Are you hearing me? Somebody said, well, but that's Jesus. Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Is it, what, what part of Jesus are you talking about? Now, there's a part of Jesus in heaven, but there's a part of Jesus on planet earth. And the part of Jesus on planet earth is no less powerful than the part of Jesus that's seated at the right hand of the Father. The problem is we don't know it and we don't act like it and we don't walk in it, so the devil takes advantage of our ignorance. Because let's read it. He's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body and filleth all in all. We are his body. He is the head. The feet does not have less authority than the head. I noticed by looking out here tonight that all of you brought your body with you. I don't see a single person out here that just sent your head over here. Everybody in here, it's amazing. Your head said, I'm going to church, and your body said, well, I guess I'm going. Are you hearing me? Amen. Jesus is the head. We are his body. He's put all things under his feet. 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 Then he said, you occupy till I come. He told them in the Old Testament, wherever you put your foot belongs to you. No, there we are. We're back on. I'm shouting up here. I'm hopping like a bunny up here tonight. Praise God. We have, but see, we started it out tonight by saying what? Then why aren't we, then why aren't we winning? And why aren't we dominating? For lack 
of knowledge. My people, God said, it's unbelievable, it's unbelievable for me to sit up here and watch this, but my people are being destroyed. Not because they lack power, not because they lack authority, not because they lack the tools, not because they lack the weapons, not because they lack position, but they're being destroyed because they lack knowledge. And that is a problem, but it's a problem we can fix. It, it, the, if you will grasp this, we are the body of Christ in the earth. Are we not? Yes. We tell everybody we are. Yes. Well, do you think Jesus would let the devil knock him around, beat him around, run over him, make him sick? He only did it one time. That's because of your and my sin. What because of him? You know, the Bible says if Jesus would have wanted to, he could have called down legions of angels. He didn't die on that cross because he was weak. He died on that cross because of our sin. If we are his body, we ought to be walking around in the earth in a whole different posture. When something tries to invade your house and sickness, disease tries to come on your house, you need to immediately go in there and say, now wait a minute. Ephesians 1 says, I'm part of his body. And in Jesus' name, I take authority over every demon, every disease, every sickness. You get out of my household. You are not welcome here. You have no right here. I know who I am in Christ Jesus, and I'm commanding you to go. Can I read one more verse? I'm going to skip down, and I'm going to read one more verse, and I know I'm in overtime. They tell me, man, you've been preaching long since we go all the way down to James chapter 4. You need to know who you are in Christ Jesus. You've got to figure this out. And I know a lot of us have heard this, but we're not, if we're not walking in it, it's obvious we need to keep hearing it. It's obvious we need to get it fresh and we need to get it back in our spirit. Listen, it needs to get in your spirit and here's how you know you got it. It comes out of your mouth. Not, I'm so sick, I'm probably going to get the corona. Somebody said the other day, you're going to get the corona? I said, oh, that'll never come out of my mouth. James 4, 7 says, the first part is critical, submit yourselves therefore to God. So we got to stay submitted to God. We can't do this in our flesh. If you try to beat the devil in your flesh, you will get run over. Submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil and he will hang around and harass you and control you and dominate you. Did you know the devil recognizes the people who are walking in the authority that they have and the ones that aren't? That's why he goes about seeking whom he may devour because he can't just devour anybody. He, he, can't, he can't just devour anybody, but he can devour those who don't know who they are. But now listen to this out of the Message Bible. You think that's something. Listen to this. James 4, 7 through 10 from the Message Bible. This is powerful. So let God work his will in you. Listen to this. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. No! 
Now, the name of Jesus is above every name. I've even seen instances where when you're really walking in your authority because you're walking with God, you don't even always have to invoke the name of Jesus. James didn't say resist the devil by invoking the name of Jesus. He said resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? So let God work as well. You yell aloud, no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Now, we're going to read some more because this will help us get to where we need to be. Quit dabbling in sin. That's what it says here. Message Bible. Quit dabbling in sin. Some of you are not walking in authority and you never will because you, 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 you still want the world too much. You still want to fit in with the world too much. You still want people to like you. You're afraid somebody's going to unlike you on Facebook. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Listen to this. Quit playing the field. Wow. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. That's what it says in the Message Bible. The fun and games are over. Listen to this next part. Get serious, really serious. Now that's what's going to get your authority to come on. Knowing about it, walking in it, operating in it, but getting serious, really serious with God. This is not something you can play around with. And like I say, you can dabble in the world a little bit and then come to church and put your church on for an hour. And then the minute you go out the door, the devil will be... He, the devil can spot a phony from a mile away. And you can even use the name of Jesus and he'll laugh at you because he knows you don't have the authority. Get serious, really serious. Listen to this. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Are you here tonight? Listen to what God's word translation says, James 4 and 7, and then we'll, we'll, we're done. I'm way in overtime. So place yourselves, it says, in, this is God's words translation, James 4, 7. So place yourselves under God's authority. Resist the devil and he will run away from you. Run away from you. Run away. Run away. Run away from you. That's what God wants for his people. That's what God wants for you and wants for me. Amen? Anyone can do this. The Word of God does not discriminate. People discriminate, but the Word of God doesn't. It works for any human being on this planet. No matter where you've come from, no matter what your skin color is, no matter how you've been treated or mistreated, no matter whether you have a dollar in your pocket or you've got a million in the bank, it does not matter. When you say, I am listening and I am learning and I'm putting this in my heart and I'm putting it in my mouth and I'm putting it in my heart and I'm putting it in my mouth and I'm putting it in my heart and I'm putting it in my mouth, you will begin to see some major changes in your life. Are you hearing me tonight? Did you get anything out of this? Give the Lord a hand clap for His Word. Hallelujah. You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. 
We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a dose of hope.com. You've been listening to outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.